You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Why retro? Because that's the time and the style that we're used to. Why Detroit? Because it's a great city in spite of the negative press. Why nerd fighters? Because they make the world suck less and be awesome. Thank you for coming to the first episode of the Retro Detroit Nerd Fighters. My name is Ian the Well-Informed. Um, I'm here with Phil the Ubi. Uh, Hello. Uh, Kathy the CSA. And at the, and at the mic we have uh, K-Hub from the corner with K-Hub. Hi. Uh, so, hmm. how are you today? <laughs> Great. Good to be here. Fantastic. Ian. It's a little rainy, but uh, you know we, we'll we'll just have to have some fun in here. Yeah. yeah. Um. So um. Um. Let's have some introduction. Um, Phil, could you tell us why you're here and give us a little bit of an introduction? Well, I am here to. You know, as you know, to make the world suck a little less, you know, I'm just uh, looking for ways to do that. Um, I do IT stuff during the day, and at night, I do I do family stuff with a uh, wife and a and a small child, and um, and uh, like to game when I can, and uh, yeah, that's. Uh, uh, that's me in a nutshell, and there's a lot. Yeah, well, we'll peel back more of those onion onion layers as we go here. Could you sure. give us? Sure, I'm Kathy. Um, I'm here to talk about service and to support you, Ian, because I know you have uh, such a good heart and you care so much about the community and do such good work that anyway I can be here to support you in that. Um, I'm definitely not going to be adding much to the gaming end of this. Um, but as for myself personally, I'm married. I have a couple of teenage sons. God help me. Um, and that's I work as a visual merchandiser during the day. So I guess uh, we'll find out more later Yeah, as and, well. And I, um, I'm... Main host, I am Ian. Uh, Ian informed, or as some people call me, Ian the Well Informed. I wanted to start this podcast because I wanted to give light to people and um, people who know about physical disabilities and also other stuff like OCT, autism, cerebral palsy. It just let other people be aware and have the right information in that realm. And when I look at the other podcasts on this network, I don't see that that much because there are not many people out there who have a disability that um, are willing to disclose. So I was wanting to... Um, um, help in that regard. <laughs> um, I'm behind you on that, Ian. Just to in, be more inclusive with people who have disabilities and let them know the resources they have available and that there's others out there who are willing to help them and are just like them. 
And the more and the more that uh, you step out, and the more that people can see, okay, um, there's this way that you're different, but there's so many other ways that you're just like the rest of us. Um, and at the end For of the sure. day, we're, we're just we're, we're all we're all one. We're all one. Yeah, we're all prone to headaches, and that just happens to be one that others take more internally on a level, if I'm saying that right. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, I just wanted to um, start with um, um, talking about um, Warner Brothers Entertainment and how um, they're Brothers. doing a very good job of um, playing a very quote-unquote balanced game. <laughs> you know, it becomes more balanced if you want to buy uh, all these uh, loot boxes and so on and get special orcs. If you haven't figured it out, we are talking about Shadow of War, which just was came out in the last couple of days. Um, it's, the, uh, it's the follow-up to the very, very good and I've – I myself have played it many times. Shadow of Mordor, um, loosely based on the time in between The Hobbits and The Lord of the Rings movies that I know you've already seen. Yeah, you've probably even seen, you might have seen the extended versions. But this uh, ha- takes place right in the middle when uh, Lord Sauron is building up his army. Um, but, you know, for, for the follow up that uh, for, for Shadow of War. Uh, Warner Brothers Entertainment implemented, you know, loot boxes because who doesn't want to get orcs out of a box? Um, um, I know, Kathy, that you can't add to it. So I'm going to – It's like Chinese. I have no idea. I'm going to bring you to a – a place that everyone in this room can understand. What it is is loot boxes are these boxes. Oh, loot that boxes full can... of things. Yes. I know what loot boxes are. Yeah. What game it's are you playing? Um, Shadow of Mordor. I'm not playing that game, but I'm familiar with loot boxes from the uh, Clash Royale. Oh, yes. Um, Same idea. Same Royale idea. Clash um, Royale is a step down on how bad um, Shadow of Mordor does um, it's loot boxes. What it does is it's a type of gambling – they've made it into a type of gambling system because you've got many items that can um, – I can contribute on the gambling and oh, – oh, you just mean in this game. Sorry. Yeah. Just in, yes, just in this game. Um, one of the problems with um, – um, help me out um, – well, Clash of Clash Royale doesn't ask for, for ask for you to spend sixty dollars up front to have the privilege of buying more loot boxes down the line. So no, that, no, but that, you can. So, so what you're telling me is you have to buy in in advance for additional loot boxes. Mm-hmm. Hey, you have to buy the game initially, which is sixty dollars, and then there's loot boxes, and what loot boxes do are. You have X amount of items within the game, and the only way to get said items is to either play the game for 300, 400 hours or pay more money. Pay more money. 
premium. Ah, okay, I get it. We're talking Shadow of Mordor, though, and that's not freemium. That's what is more um, pay-to-win than freemium. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, so... Um, thing I um, and you've said this in a panel before last year that you just want to play the game and enjoy the game, mm-hmm. and what uh, Shadow Mordor does doesn't um let you do that if you um see they're not interested. I mean, like that's that's why I never got into Lost, the TV show, and I'm really glad I didn't because like I, dude, I just want to watch your show. I don't want to go to your website. I don't want to buy a magazine subscription. I don't want to try to solve. No, just let me watch your show and turn off my brain and like just yeah. That's that's yeah. Be a show. So like be a game, like Rock Band. You know what? Yes, I own every single available (laughs) piece of DLC for Rock Band, but that's because drunken party. But you can can do perfectly well with just the game as it comes and life's good. Yeah, and just we want to enjoy the game and some games like that we want to be competitive, especially if it's a multiplayer game. Right. Yeah. So. How much money does an average gamer spend on this game? Um, Shadow of Mordor, um, I can't say how much, but because of the gambling system that it has, it really um, could go infinitely depending on how much they're willing to spend. You know, um, if you want to buy a thousand loot boxes at I don't actually know how much they are, but if you want to spend a, buy a thousand loot boxes at five dollars a piece, you know Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment will be happy to sell all. Well, uh, sell you a gladly thousand. take your money. Of course yeah. they would. Yeah. All I can see is the Fallout guy mm-hmm. showing his big thumb. <laughs> well, that even goes back to like, God. I know my kids love that guy. Whatever that is, Pip boy. Uh, yeah, the, whole, the whole reason I wound up on Facebook was because Bob nagging me because to stop being Amish and join Facebook um, because he was playing Mafia Wars and, 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 he wanted, and he wanted me to come help him play Mafia Wars. And there were people like – I know people that played that game that dropped thousands of dollars on a stupid browser-based, flash-based game that was a part of Facebook. So, I mean, the fact that there's stuff out there, like, in the regular gaming world that does the same thing, that doesn't surprise me in the least. There's been several grannies hooked on that farmland game. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yes. Spending all of their retirement funds. (laughs) But, you know, but... Their grandkids will be able to inherit this virtual farm, right? <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's something they can pass down through generations. <laughs> At least until Zynga or whoever operates uh, virtual farmland um, shuts the servers down. Yeah, at which or point buys the granny, farm. granny loses everything. I got into a war with Zynga over their uh, casino game because I actually spent five dollars. I did. I spent five dollars on the uh, Carrion Company slot machine for Sex in the City because it was the upgrade to another Sex in the City slot game that was free and I didn't want that one. So I did. It was worth $5. It was so worth the $5. (laughs) So I spent it and then they took it away from me like a year and a half later. And I threatened a lawsuit upon Zynga. They lost the licensing rights. <laughs> no, they did, they said that they were going. They made it available to all of their players. I said, "Well, you can't do that because I paid for a premium game." 
Oh, yeah. So you now have to give me a premium game service. So we went tit for tat for about nine months, and they finally gave me a free premium game in place of the Sex in the City carrying company. Now, see, and that's from a company perspective, like, was that $5 really worth nine months of a customer being pissed off? And you know me. Oh, I just no, laugh. I do. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just find, And are you still playing that uh, Sex in the City slot machine? Very happily so. Good. <laughs> it's mindless and it's free. Out of spite. <laughs> Out of spite. <laughs> no, I you know what? I like the Zynga games. I'm a big fan. They're mindless. They're they're pretty mindless and I like that. I don't have a lot of time for games in my life anymore and so there's a restaurant game I like where you cook some food and it can expire if you don't get off your stove in time and Expand, Just so like, like a sim life, style, huh? yeah, kind of. It's like a sim style mm. restaurant simulator cafe. Got to keep the peeps happy, <laughs> you know. But they, they always there's always those pop up ads. Four ninety nine, buy more coins. Right. Yeah. So. Um, oh yeah, because the kids have iPads. The girl that I work with caught her kid. Buying some of these things, which I guess was linked up to, they just were charging the cell phone bill, uh-huh. and which is straight to her debit card. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was a bad day for said child. Yeah, parental controls is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hulk, Hulk smashing PS4s because of it. Is yeah, not. <laughs> Hulk smash. <laughs> no, um. now uh, now to bring it back to Shadow of War, um, you know the reviews I've read and have said. You don't really actually – so none of the reviews that I've read have felt obligated to buy the loot boxes. I haven't played the game myself yet, so I don't, I don't know what's, what, the, what the real deal is. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, you know, I'm, I like to play – I'm going to say it this way. I like to play the meta game. Um, with with all the free games you download for iPhone and Android, what have you, I like to see just how much I can push and play and get out of the games without spending a dime. Me too. I can agree with you on that. If they're going to offer some free play options, you might as well capitalize on those. Mm-hmm. And you know, if if I if I do hit a hit a paywall that I can't go go over, there's plenty of other stuff I can download and. In uh, other companies that I can exploit, this the exploitation can work both ways, is what I found. Yeah. Me, I'm a little different than Phil. What I usually do is I have a certain limit on what, um, how much I'm going to spend on a game because I've played every genre and I want to. <laughs> I have a budget for each genre, basically. Um, I have um, – I'm just making up numbers. Like maybe like $100 for platforming games. Um, and what platforming games are going from point A to point B, like the Mario games. And then there's stuff like RPGs that I'm willing to spend to 300 which is um, – progression of characters like say for instance the chrono triggers or um, the mother threes or the earth bounce so i tend to have a budget and if that um if that game says the premium stuff is over let's say a hundred dollars i'm going to either buy um 
I'm either going to buy uh, two games or not, uh, none at all within that genre. <laughs> right. Because they're going out of my price point. Right. No, that makes sense. So you include your gaming in your entertainment budget, and once you've hit that limit, that's it. Yep. That's and a smart idea. I, I was just amused the other day. I downloaded this free game called Guns, Cars, and Zombies. It was it came through as a in my Facebook feed as an ad. Hey, check this out. And all right, the graphics intrigued me. Price is why it was free, so I checked it out. I got to say, this this game has some of the biggest cojones I have ever seen in a in a in a free to play game. Not not within five minutes of me opening it up for the first time, it's prompting me with the, it's offering me to buy a welcome package for guess how much? How much? Twenty nine ninety five. Higher. Forty nine ninety five. Higher. <gasps> And this is within five minutes of me downloading and opening the game. I'm like, you must feel you must have a lot of pride in yourself. It's just a racket for money. I think a lot of them are just a racket for money, but there are a lot of good games out there. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, I do, excuse me, believe in spending money, especially if you're a gamer. Sometimes there are some upgrades. I have boys, and they range in the mm-hmm. ages of 20 to 10. And so there's always something gaming. Yeah. In fact, they, they're looking at me because I owe them allowance money right now. Like, and they're like, Mom, Mom. I get a lot of good There's some new games done. coming out. Yeah. I get a lot of good chores done with that money they yes. want to yes. spend. Yeah. yeah, because the games are expensive, whether they be on your computer platform or you know your Xbox, your PlayStation, sometimes your phone. But you don't buy you don't buy the add-ons ever. Usually not. If, if it's something I've really enjoyed and it's a it's a premium package that will like buy out all the ads you know, for up to five bucks, maybe I'll think about it. We we bribe our kids with apps. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. totally yeah. sure. You have to. Like have there's to. nothing wrong with that. No, nothing you know, at and, all. And this is the world my son is going to grow up in. So mm-hmm. I'm. Yep. It's nice hearing uh, how how others have, have are handling this now. I uh, yeah, and like I said, I've got a twenty year old, and he's always been a gamer. So there's always been a leverage because video games have been around forever. So well, since well, at least the seventies. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I won't say which started. which one I had first because I'll date myself. But my oldest will be twenty in January. Okay, and so you know from when just just a few years after they were born, I remember what was it? They were four or five when it really started with the Tony Hawk. Oh yeah, the Tony. Oh, the old I still game, have yeah. some of the yeah. old Tony Hawk games. We, we still have all of the old platforms. I'm a keeper of games, yeah, all, the, all the way from that very we first have, one that I'm not going to name. My husband has Sega Genesis. I think the originals. I have my original game unit from 1978. Still, see the problem with that though is that you can't hook them up to current TVs. We still have an old TV. So see, I was at Motor City Comic Con. <laughs> yes, and I want to say it was like three years ago, and there was a dude that had a 2600 in box. Like and I was like, I was like, shut up and take my money. Right. And Bob like held me back, and he was like, "What are you going to hook it up to?" I'm like, "My TV." He goes, "Really? How?" Yeah. And then I'm like, "Oh, it's the stupid little fork connectors uh-huh. on the back, and you there's no like I don't think we're going to find like a fork to HDMI." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's a mod kit you can buy for it. I've or... seen, I've heard of mod kits for hooking up your NES to your HDTV, uh, and that is true. That is. 
That's true. I just I just went and I, I found a guy that uh, actually uh, Jeff Haas, a buddy of his, yes, that mods uh, the old original Xboxes and oh. dual boots them. So when I do a dual boot into the Ubuntu partition, it's got every MAME ever known to mankind. Like all the old 2600 games, all the old oh. arcade games, all the old – it's like Neil's studio. Like new, It's like the gaming lounge oh, in, in my activate. Xbox. Yeah. Nice. See, uh, for those at home that don't know what Ubuntu is, it's an <laughs> operating system for Linux, kind of like Windows, but it's – Linux. It's but, a thousand times better. But sucking less. <laughs> that was really nerdy of you, Dave. <laughs> I don't know that much. <laughs> you don't need it. You don't need it. Right. You uh, hit the button. Right. Yeah. It, it works. I was playing like Casey Munchkin, you know. You remember that game okay. from the Odyssey? It's a long time. Man. I tell you, you can get old electronics really cheap at the Salvation Army, though. Yes, you can. You know? We, you can get a TV that would work with whatever gaming system you're looking for. I need. I had those forks a couple of years ago, but then my house flooded in the basement, and I lost them. So I'm sorry. Oh, the great oak, <laughs> the great oak park floods of 2014. Oh, I was actually driving to the station in the great flood. That was on a Monday night. Do you remember, uh-huh. Dave? Yeah, we were trapped there until about one in the morning. I couldn't get there, and my guest was like, "Just oh, go down right. that street." And I'm re- like, "That's yeah. a semi-floating down Holbrook." That was Holbrook. Erica. That was Erica. Yeah. Yes, yes, I'll never forget that day. Yeah, we were idiots. We were drunk at Third Street while the rain started. Yeah, you, and, yeah, and you guys we, were already down there, yeah. and I, it wasn't until five o'clock that I started. So yeah, that flood was terrible. Sorry, you lost your prong thingies. <sighs> I think the oldest one I still have around is I have, an, I have my Nintendo 64. That, let's be honest, I bought for uh, the episode one game. That's the only reason why I bought it. Because pod racing. <laughs> because pod racing. <laughs> because pod racing. Oh, wait, I know. Was that Rogue, Squ- was it Rogue Squadron that came out on that first? It was. Well, I think Rogue Squadron did the, come out on that. I think, I think Rogue Squadron came out first and, the, and then the pod racing game came along after. Now that I'm but still, thinking about it. Because pod racing. Because That pod was racing. one of my favorites, too. <laughs> <laughs> Had to. Yes. Um, Mine was always Rampage. Oh, rampage. Always Rampage. Mm. I'm sorry, Kathy. No, <laughs> You've <it's>... got nothing. <laughs> it's uh, all right. Uh, I'm we used were, to it. Uh, so my my 10-year-old asked me today, why is that 85 next to your Mario on your shirt? I had to explain to the 10-year-old the release date of the Super Mario. Mm-hmm character he didn't understand you know and i thought how can you not know i bought this shirt in the young boys department i bought it there so they're catering to the 10 year olds and he's like why is the 85 there because that's how long mario has been around he he didn't believe me where did you buy it from kohl's no (laughs) wait jc pennies it might have been jc pennies on the clearance rack for three dollars i don't think it was kohl's i don't think it was kohl's i don't think it was (laughs) It's I don't fit. recognize it. I don't recognize it. Oh, are you in Kohl's a lot? I'm. Uh, I work for Kohl's, so you would know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Jurassic Park shirts at Kohl's. <laughs> I buy and, all my yes, T-shirts from men's. Facebook. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I know you do. Facebook knows. <laughs> Facebook shows you every T-shirt you want to own. Oh, at least once a day, I'm hit with, "Hey, Dungeons and Dragons shirts." Mm. Okay, I'll take five. <laughs> <laughs> 
My older uh, son has been ordering a lot of T-shirts off of the internet from like independent artists, which uh-huh. is really cool when he gets them in, and they usually send him like little stickers mm-hmm. or something. Oh yeah. With them. I'm all for it. He bought a sweatshirt um, last week. I said that's really you know support those local artists. That's unique. I really mm-hmm. like it. Yeah, not not the WalMarts for sure. Yeah, I don't I don't shop Walmart. Sorry, <laughs> sorry Walmart. I don't, I don't apologize to yeah, Walmart. I know, I know I'm the one who's like bringing them down. No, I'm just kidding. Like they. <laughs> So when all like the Walmarts can, close close next yeah. year, we know whose fault it is. It's your so fault. I haven't shopped there. Right. Well, I have never shopped there, so if they haven't closed by now, they're not going to close because of me. But tell us about this suit you have on, Ian. Oh, it's just That's having me connect the dots. Um, the only apps that I would pay money for are Pac-Man, so that's why I wear the Pac-Man suit. <laughs> <laughs> Because when you do pay money for an app, you go all in. <laughs> yeah, it's more in and out than you think. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you almost, almost bought that from Shinesty and decided against that I went with the Tron one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so um, let's talk a little bit about um, EA and how th- – they want to suck our money dry. Yeah, and uh, so based on what I've heard, this this is even worse than Shadow of War because this is this is a multiplayer game where you can buy buy the good buy the good stuff and climb up the player ranks. I've never played a multiplayer game since 1997. I don't know if I'm getting any of the terms right, but this is what I've heard. Yeah. What is EA? Can we start there? EA, EA Entertainment is a gaming company. Okay. And is it Electronic Arts? So, yeah, yes. Electronic Arts. So they did the um, like the NHL 97 games and uh, most every game. All I know is that my kid, I think, before he walked, said, EA Sports is in the game. Oh, okay. So the it's, yeah. this, oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's a lot of the sporting games. A lot yeah. of the sporting games, yeah. the um, NBA 2000s. Yeah, all the NBA 2K, all those. Yeah, NBA 2Ks. And Madden. Can't forget Madden. Oh, yeah, don't forget the Madden. But you know what? Those were overall, those were very good games. I think they were good games. Well, they do a phenomenal job with them. For sure. But now they've been implementing a lot of um, what's it called? Microtransactions and um, uh, paid DLC and season passes. And the biggest thing about... um, Star Wars Battlefront 2 is that if you pay us like maybe like $20 at the beginning of the game, you have full and complete advantage over every single person who's going to play the game as if they um, were to pay the $60 game at first. Like they would completely annihilate them because of how the game is set up. <laughs> So, by so you're basically a commercial for spending the $20. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Inadvertently, and, yes. And I'm sorry for that. I mean, not – But, I, you know, honestly though, I mean it's – that's going to be the case no matter what you do. I mean, you know, whether it's, you know, Call of Duty – where you know you wind up in you know on, on you wind up on a server with people that have been playing forever, or you know I mean it's any games like that. So I mean it might get 
Actually, now I'm having flashbacks to the South Park World of Warcraft episode. Um, <laughs> how do you kill that which has oh, no Seth. life? <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's always going to be stronger characters out there. There's always going to be better players out there. You know, it's... But when it feels like I always run into them, it kind of ruins the fun for me. And, you know, that that's a big factor of why I don't go for the multiplayer stuff because, you know, I work a nine-to-five nine job, you know, and I've got other things going on. You know, I'm, I'm right there. I'm at a competitive disadvantage when I go up against folks who this is the only thing they have going on in their lives that's good. So. But aren't there forums that you can choose based on play level so that you're not up against somebody who's got all of those paid amenities? It all depends on the server, and and that might be a thing now. It wasn't a thing in 1997. Have a team too, don't you? I think my kids play with like. Are we talking about the same kind of mm. games where all their friends are in there? Too? Yeah, the, uh, like when you go into the online, yeah, and you're live yep. in the game. Yes, um, but I understand what you're saying that you know you are at a disadvantage when someone can go out there and drop that extra money on on the add-ons. See, I, I just learned very rapidly that online gaming. It was not a thing that I should be doing. Um, what was it? Need for Speed, I think it was, um, where I. it's basically um, online gaming is crack mixed with LSD for me. <laughs> and like I would go, more, more, no, more. Like I'd go downstairs and I'd like fire it up and I'd, I think it's like 20 minutes and no, it's like six hours that have gone by. And I'm screaming at some 11-year-old talking smack <laughs> that I'm going to buy his house and bang his mom. And it's just – it's not a good thing for me. It's not, <laughs> not for everyone. No, it's not for everyone. That's for sure. Um, that's, 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 not need for, that's not Need for Speed. That's Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> yeah, no, it was need, no, it was Need for Speed. It was all, all, yeah, all racing and crashing into people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, you can you can turn any game with cars in it into Grand Theft Auto if you're creative enough. True. I imagine. <laughs> but yeah, but it's like I said. I mean, like that to me, that was the, that was always the biggest thing for me against the online gaming is that I do like I I know what an OCD and addictive personality that I have, and you know, like I I limit myself to at most two games at any given point in time, um, just because I like right now it's about probably. Yeah, I wake up, I grab coffee, I say there's anything urgent in my email, nah, I walk out in the garage, I light up a cigarette, and the next thing I know, a half an hour is gone. Because <laughs> I'm, checking, I'm checking in on both games in the morning. Checking my games. On. Let me check my games. Yeah. And then it you're will... checking that virtual farm for grandma? Is that, is that what <laughs> you're doing? I'm, I'm, I'm checking my, uh, my Clash of Clans to see if I have to wail on anybody. Uh, yeah. And then stupid Futurama has a game, and I'm addicted to Futurama, so that's just the thing. But that wasn't at all your case two weeks ago, was it? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, you forgot about the guy that you went for a smoke and then <laughs> Oh yeah, the idiot that broke into our house while yeah, watching Game of Thrones, yeah. <laughs> yeah, his, his <laughs> the detective stopped by the house on Wednesday with a subpoena. Oh nice. Because the show cause hearing is Wednesday. And I was like, You didn't need a subpoena. Try keeping me out of that <laughs> Right. And he was like, Yeah, I know, but you know <laughs> have to deliver them. <laughs> Part of the There's process. process so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. Maybe I should take a sick day and like come sit in the courtroom. <laughs> I'm not and I'm not saying Can I know. Can you go how Facebook Live? I'm not saying I know how it happened. I'm just saying that I noticed um 
I happen to stumble across the fact that every variation of that guy's name dot com uh, redirects to gay porn. <gasps> I don't, really? know, I don't know how that happened. I'm just saying I noticed it happen. <laughs> um, and I laughed really hard about it when I noticed that it happened. And so I'm pretty sure there may or may not be signs in the courtroom um, pointing that out. And, and I, may or, I may or may not just taunt until I get threatened with contempt. Which you might. Which you may or may not. <laughs> if you tow that line close because, enough. Because <laughs> it sounds like if you don't get threatened with contempt, it's going to be a very boring day for you. <laughs> and a very disappointing one. <laughs> Um, yeah. I figure it's you know it's uh, the you know it's uh, the, the case is at one thirty, so I figure I have enough time to you know have a, a couple Bloody Marys, get tuned up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to the See that home. fine young gentleman who uh, walked into your house. Yeah. <coughs> wow! Welcome to America. Yeah. Yes. Video uh, games and uh, handguns. Yes, to the folks at home who. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, we told- are listening. This is real life. Yes. Yeah, we, we totally inside baseball there. Uh, yeah, no. Two weeks ago, uh, somebody walked right. in. I was uh, home alone, and I was watching Game of Thrones, uh, playing catch up, and the next episode was starting. So it was a black screen, and I hit pause. So based on the video footage and all that, uh, so I walked out in the garage, had a smoke, and when I walked back in, somebody was walking out my sliding glass door. Mm-hmm. And uh, based on the footage, he was in there for all of like eight seconds. And I think what happened was, is, you know, he tried the sliding glass door. You know, he looked in the house right after I walked out, didn't see anybody there, walked in the sliding glass door, walked over to the living room and realized, oh, oh crap, that's on pause, not off. Someone's home and walked back and went to go walk back out. Um, and then laughably, so, you know, video footage, took a still, shared it, you know, put it on Facebook publicly. You know, this jackass was just in my house, yada, yada, yada. Um, an hour, it was an hour and a half later, uh, somebody uh, less than a mile away who had seen my post on a friend's wall uh, saw him and called 911. And then, whoop, whoop, that's the sound of the police. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> No sympathy. None. Nope, Clinton none. Township did a good job to apprehending yeah. him. Oh, that was great. Thirteen felonies he's being charged. He was yeah. charged. Yeah. Yeah. He must have been doing this all up and down the neighborhood. Oh, and well, he, had they him, he had a backpack full of iPads and iPods and a gun. And so that's the thing, kids. <laughs> Remember, kids, when you commit little crimes but you have a gun, they become big crimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Even, even if it's Words not. Words of wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> and you're saying that his bail is like half a million now? $500,000 surety. Half yeah, that's not, not, there's no 10% on that. No, you're, they're planning on him being around for a while. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's going to come up with that kind of money. Yes. That's a lot of iPads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh, so I have no good transition for this except that I want I heard a, an article from Daily Detroit talking about a place called Barrett House that's in the back of um, the DIA. What's ended up happening with it is that it's becoming a parking lot for DIA. Oh, the Barat House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, thing about, um, and I might cuss, I don't know if I will or not, but um, one of the things about that house is that they have, um, they have um, two different locations. One's called Barrett House and one's called Barrett Child and Family Services. Mm-hmm. I... Um, one of my former jobs, I used to um, bring clients into Barrett Child and Family Services because what my job entailed was um, to bring um, mothers and their children 
to have a temporary shelter. Mm-hmm. And now that that place is gone, that's it's going to affect places like um, neighborhood service organization mm-hmm. um, and also the Homeless Action Network of Detroit, a.k.a. HAND. Um, the joke is from this is that if anyone has a problem, you have to go talk to HAND. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I mean, I, I get it. And from what I understand, there was a whole lot of financial difficulties involved in the building. Um, and that's Detroit's in a weird spot right now where there's a lot – how do I say this to not wind up on Flashpoint again? Uh, (laughs) So there are a lot of people that are trying to cling to history that isn't there and and isn't actually relevant. Um, If you want Detroit to get better, stuff has to come down. You know, we've got a lot of vacant buildings. We've got a lot of buildings in rough shape. We've got a lot of buildings that, you know, and yeah, you do have, you know, predatory people out there like Gilbertistan, um, <laughs> you know, that, you know, that, that are buying up a lot of crap. Um, but I, I'm okay with buildings coming down. You're like, I, you know, yes, it's 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 bad that it has an impact on that particular agency and or that particular initiative. Um, but if it's needed, if it's worthwhile, if it's funded. They'll find a place to be. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of that. You know, well, why is this building coming down? Well, why not? Well, some jazz musician in 1918 that nobody's heard of threw up on a bar stool there, and and so we should save the building. No, no, we shouldn't. Uh, you know, Detroit's had a lot of. Detroit's got a lot of issues and a lot of it is, you know, think of it in terms of like GM and Chrysler, you know, the, all the stuff that went through with the, with the bailout and the bankruptcies and all that. Um, you know, the the quote unquote old co's are still out there. You know, all that legacy infrastructure and those legacy buildings that they were just dead weight and couldn't get help. You know, they couldn't do anything with them. Um it's almost what Detroit needs. I mean, and that's, and that's what a lot of people are – or well, some people are trying to do is kind of do that – rinse of, you know, look, there's a lot of baggage and a lot of just historical, I want to miss it, it's not historical, it's just old stuff out there, all legacy stuff that's out there that needs to go away if the city's going to move forward. And I understand that to a level, but um, my I have two fairly big issues about this. One, Barrett House is an established business and it helps out quite a few people from when I last was there. And second off, it's going to affect the city in the long run because there's this thing around November time called the point in time count, which is um, getting people within transitional housing and shelters and Mm -hmm. counting them so that um, um, the city can get um, federal funding for homelessness and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And if they are in a physical building, they're going to be cast astray and you're not going to be able to find as many people. Wait, wait, wait. Let me just make sure I understand the logic there. So they count homeless people but only the ones that are in buildings? No, not exactly. <laughs> no. 
It's like 100 day at the school. If you're there, we count you. It'll just be a lot harder to count them if they're not in a designated building because they usually go to buildings like this, like places like Cots and Harbor Light and others so that – so then, who should have? So then, who should have been paying to keep it there? Like, why? Why are? Like, why did the building go away? I mean, obviously, there had to be some sort of financial issue to make them lose control of the building to have it knocked down. Um, for most part, DIA bought the building probably because, like you said, financial issues, and then they decided to make it into a parking lot, and it's. That's their right. I know it's I mean, that, right. like, that's the other thing is you – know, I mean, and you've heard me go on this rant before where, you know, oh, this building that's been at the end of my street for 20 years, well, somebody finally bought it and they're doing something with it. But it's not what I want to see done with it. Not your building. Not it, – it, I mean, it's it, – that's the sad reality of life. I mean, it's – Yes, in a perfect world, there should be, you know, you know me, I'm a bleeding heart liberal. Bob calls me the dirty feet liberal on the show. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's, there absolutely needs to be stuff like that in place, but it doesn't necessarily need to be where someone thinks it does. I mean, it's, you know, if, if the DIA felt like they needed a parking lot and they had the money to buy a building, eh, dude, the Illiches just bought up a crap ton of property over the past five years because of the dojo going in. They had the money. They did it. Look at, look at the... Gem theater guy, God bless his soul, when they were putting Ford Field in. And he was like, nope, I ain't moving. And literally forced them to move his building to where it is now because he didn't feel the need to back down. You know, he didn't need to sell off. He didn't need it. You know, it's, I mean, he had, it's good for him. I, you know, and so that's why the Gem Theater is where it is now. I love the Gem Theater. It's, and it's a great it, – and to me, like, that it makes me love it even more. I'm like, good for theater. you, dude. <laughs> yeah. So is this organization completely disbanded as of now because they've torn the building down? Or how long has it been since there's been any utilization of this building with the Organization for the Mental Health in it? They've had that building for 51 years. And they were currently utilizing it. They were currently utilizing it. And what was their action plan once they got noticed to move from – to vacate the building? Are they just – they're no longer in service? They're no longer in service. Yeah. So did that organization sell that building to the DIA? They – yeah. They unfortunately sold that building to the DIA and then – DIA wanted to have more, uh, wanted to put in 60 to 70 um, parking spots, and so it's been done now. Yeah, it's done now. I know it's knocked down now. So, But the mental, inst- the mental organization, the mental health organization is the one that sold the building. Yeah. So ultimately, it sounds to me like they were done with the business, which is very sad because mental health is the number one problem, I think, in this country. I think that there's not a lot of resources. I think that there's, you know, and I've worked with people in the streets for years, and I think that when you start taking away resources, you do have an influx of problems. You do have an influx of people who can't get their medicines or can't get someone to talk to, and then you might see a surge in suicide rates or, you know, your schizophrenic patients who don't have anywhere to turn to. So I do understand it, but I still think we still have some hardy resources within the city, 
for those patients outside of that place. Although it's sad. It's definitely sad that it's gone. You know, I mean, it, and, and to you, it holds a special place, you know, because you've seen that organization help so many people within the community. So it's definitely you feel like that's a loss. It's a it's a loss to the community. It's a loss to the mentally ill. Um, you know, hopefully with some of the new things that's happening in the city, they can turn that around and put in a better environment for the mental health, you know, a better upgraded center. You know, maybe there's a future plan there. That might be something that you might want to champion, you know one of these property moguls in the city, hey, since you've taken this away and the DIA has bought that spot, you know, maybe champion up a project somewhere else for the mentally ill. So it's part of Matrix Human Services, yes. which seems like they have other buildings. And I've worked with yeah, Matrix. So I mean, I'm, yeah, I know. So, I mean, it, it's, you know, if, if they chose to sell it and then this is what happened with it, to me, that, that's like me going by my old house and yelling at the people because they took the landscaping out that I put in. I had that happen to me once. I had that happen to me. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I bought a home and the first thing I did was rip out the carpet and change the landscaping and the previous homeowners were very upset. They were very upset. <laughs> did you did you offer them their old carpet bed? <laughs> no, but I did remind them that I paid a premium dollar for my home and that it was mine to do what I wanted. <laughs> so, you know, I I understand where you're at on that. It it sucks for lack of a better word, but it sounds like a pure business decision from from their organization. And you can't change that. That's the one thing that I had to learn um, going through a lot of surgeries and, and with my child being ill. I learned, I'll tell you this. The first time I got hit with cancer and Carmanos Cancer Institute, the doctor held my hand and he said, Karen, all we do is cancer. And I snatched my hand back and I said, well, that's fantastic because I'm not cancer. I'm a patient. It was at that moment in the year 2000 that I knew Medical is nothing but a business. And I quit taking it personal back then. I quit. These doctors, like I've just decided I'm not going to pay a $900 bill to a doctor because he's he mistreated me in the hospital. He put another patient's notes in my chart. He noted what I was saying and did exact opposite of what I requested. I'm not paying him because he didn't provide a service that I needed. So... If, if you can step out of your mindset and think of it as a business transaction, people want to get rich all day long. They sold that organization. They still have some other resources available. So I, I would maybe choose a different, a, a, a different organization, maybe see if they want to bring something to the city, you know, or another nonprofit. Yeah. And I'm all for that. I'm, I, I mean, I'm all, I'm all for doing that and to a level um, I do have it another um, problem that I want to address is that this is kind of happening all too much in other cities like I have this um, uh, garden in Berkeley that um is has looking to have the same fate. Um, there, um, Our Lady of La Salette is being bought out by Beaumont, <laughs> and their child serv- 
their children's center is getting bought out by Beaumont. So then that um, Beaumont is now deciding that um, if they can get the votes to accept it, they're going to make the garden and the building next to it into a parking lot. <laughs> so I see this in Berkeley. I know of another incident that happened in Ferndale, I think around May. I don't remember the name, and I'm sorry that I don't, but it just seems like something's going um, – um, like these nonprofits are going away, and I'm <laughs> – and I don't get it. <laughs> the non the nonprofits will go away because if they're five hundred one c threes, there has to be a constant fundraiser for those. Additionally, when it comes to things like mental health, there has to be certain funding and grants that they can get through state and local governments. And a lot of times, those grants have been scaled back. We have been under um, the Affordable Health Care Act for several years now, and now we have a radical idiot in office who's trying to do all sorts of reform. So what ends up happening is cuts get made straight across the board. They'll take importance on one thing, shift it to something else. Uh, mental health care is... I mean, look, back in the 80s, we cut mental health. Oh, my they, mother had a group home for 27 years. They cut the funding so bad you couldn't have just one. You had to have six of them to right. even make it, you know, have enough to support the homes and your staff. Right. Mental health it's, is extremely underfunded. It's extremely underfunded. And I've been in the mental health system, so I understand it. And I know that when I needed to switch, my therapist and my psychiatrist, because they're the ones who have to prescribe meds, it took me from a, the point of a hospital visit to getting my, which the doctor in the hospital completely switched medications that my primary care physician had me on and then refused to see me after that because of my insurance, because the hospital took my insurance, but he as a practice didn't take my insurance. And then I had another, yeah, yeah, yeah. another eight week wait to get into the psychiatrist. For flipping Prozac. It's a Prozac. It's not even an addictive narcotic. It's not a, a, a class one, a schedule two. It's a starter. It's, it's a, oh, here's what we're going to give you to try in the beginning. It's a it's, non- It's a, yeah. At this point. Yeah. I mean, they've been giving Prozac to people for 50 years or more. It's a very successful drug. But the system is so bad that it took me eight weeks just to get an appointment to get a free prescription refilled with my insurance. And so the system is collapsing and you see it, you've addressed it on at least five instances, you know, between Beaumont and the place in Detroit being bought out and everything being turned to parking lots. And I think what ultimately is happening is that it doesn't make anyone money. So they don't care. But it does. I, it doesn't make like, them enough. But the it? garden was fairly self-sufficient. I yeah. I know that, yeah, it takes some exposure. That's true. But that's kind of – and I worked with nonprofits for the last 25 years. I know how to fundraise in that. Right. Uh, I know how to fundraise in that area. So um, it's not like they can't make money. 
it's all about um, the bigger businesses are just taking over and the uh, small businesses are just slowly whittling down, even though there is a need. And I think you see that, though, in every industry, Uh, even up to with the recent announcement with the uh, bankruptcy of Toys R Us. You know, Amazon and these these big box stores, the Walmarts that we're talking about, they're knocking out every little competitor that you can imagine. Can I say, I think part of what I understood Ian's forum was to bring attention um, yes. to these smaller entities that needed support. And I think change, real change, starts in a community. It starts yes. small. It Would, doesn't start with a global initiative. It starts with a neighbor helping a neighbor. You're right. That community house that grew uh, the garden, my neighborhood garden, they sold plots. I bought a plot last year. They didn't sell them this year. And every year you went and you, every uh, week you went and you picked up a bag of vegetables. Right. And the surplus was handed out to the food kitchens right. and the needy families in the neighborhood. I own a nonprofit. Huge, um, boon for the, for the neighborhood. Right. A wonderful program. I, I have Detroit Hunger Alliance and we feed the communities and we go around in areas and set up farms for the people and it's a hundred percent donation. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I understand what he's saying and that's why I say earlier for him to, you know, with seeing some of these places closed down, he's Mm -hmm. got, you know, be that activist. You're not going to change it. You're right. The the bigger companies are going to buy it out and if they want to pave paradise and make it a parking lot, that's what they're going to do. Right. But I think that um, bringing attention to these smaller 501c3s that that can be supported through the community is a huge benefit to everybody. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And not only that, but, you know, if you can't, you know, if if people can't donate financially, if you can donate time. People would go in and work in the garden. It was all volunteers. All volunteer. Weeded and picked and planted. Mm -hmm. and Yeah. Little little things is what's going to change the world into a better place, or make it suck less, Phil. <laughs> what do yes. you what What would you do to to change it, Ian? Um, just like Kathy said, bring in community, bring in more people that just network, and even have a like a little bit of fun with just getting to know people. Um, um, share a beer. I have this guy named Dave who <laughs> 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 who likes to do that. Yeah, uh, networking Detroit one beer at a time. Um, so yeah, just come together. Just connect the dots. Connect the dots. Connect, connect the, the dots. dots. Yeah, no man. ghosts, please. No ghosts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's what we um, as a society have to do. Like. Um, we have to quit I, turning our our backs on each other. Yeah, like For when sure. 100%. when I um, I had this one class economics uh, macroeconomics said to be easy, but my teacher was really really bad at teaching it. <laughs> so <laughs> what did we do? Um, I got with the other students. We had a three hour long discussion and I was like the only way we're going to pass this class is if we work together (laughs) so we did just that and that's what we have that's 
as a society what we need to do. <laughs> I don't so. disagree. I don't disagree one bit. What's, yeah. It's nine o'clock. Do you have anything else? Um, um, let's um, say how we um, can um, get in contact, like where we can be um, contacted at. Um, Kathy, you're saying you have no contact information. I don't. I have never had a Facebook. I have. You are probably the smartest woman I've ever met. Never. (laughs) You can contact Ian if you want to contact me. Contact Ian. Please contact me. You can write me a letter or call me. (laughs) Please contact me through Twitter at Ianformed. Um, informed with an A. Um, you, a, you can um, contact Phil through... By smoke signals right now. Um, <laughs> it's one of those layers of the onion peel that uh, we're going to peel back later on. Um, all of my uh, Twitter information is a little too uh, personal for me to reveal right now, so I need to rework some of that as, as we go on here. I could go really wrong with comments, but I'll behave because it's not my show. <laughs> yeah. um, we can find Karen at all of the things. At um, all of the things. Well, no, Karen, <laughs> K-Hub hid for about eight months, but uh. you can find me on the corner with K-Hub. Uh, I'm just doing uh, a Facebook page right now, and um, you can find me on Facebook at back. Or is it backslash or forward slash I am K hub slash I am K hub Twitter Instagram all of them um, you catch me popping in on the studio once in a while over here at podcast Detroit backup engineering when Ian is in a bind <laughs> <laughs> yes and yes and thank you You're if, welcome. if Randy were here I would be like nobody gives a shit about Randy <laughs> Shut up, Randy. Shut up, Randy. Shut up, Randy. Shut up, Randy. I need just, to do something original, do though, Twitters, Dave. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, thank no. you for having me on your show tonight. Uh, I definitely appreciate it. I'm sorry if I took over on your on your on your big business versus mental health. Yeah, that's fine. It's just an empire state of mind. We just want you to embrace some change. That's all. Just embrace a little change, and if not, be the change. That's what you got to do because yeah. the little and, voice will will get heard eventually when you band enough of them together. Yes, and if you'd like more information about Nerd Fighters, go to www.yourpants.org. Yes, I did ask you to look in your pants. So, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, and we'll be seeing you. Have a good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs>